This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Alright, what is up everyone? Welcome to Bounty Hunt, a UTD Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content of the Star Wars universe. I'm your host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me on this week's hunt are two of my dearest, dearest bad batchers to talk about the latest adventures of the squad. First off, we have Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, man. What's up, everybody? It is a beautiful Sunday. I'm ready to talk some bad batch. Well... I'm so glad because that's literally the day and it's literally what we're doing. And Wes Jenkins, it is. Wes Jenkins (laughs) is also literally here. I am literally here running the cameras as usual. Um, Charles, I appreciate your natural light. It looks very good. And Thank you. So it's, good. Uh, it's it's the sun and it's free. <laughs> it's the light we were born with. Me, and my, Wes, and I are like, okay, I'm gonna put my my curtains and get the different lighting and whatever. We're happy with it. We're happy we got some folks in the chat hanging out today. We are, of course, talking about the Bad Batch season one, episode four, cornered. Uh, before we go any further, if you're watching this or listening to this, thank you. That's very nice of you. But also, this will be full spoilers for this episode going forward. If you have not watched this, I don't know why you clicked, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's on Disney+. Plus. Go go take your friend's account and watch it. Uh, but we are going to briefly recap what happened in the episode. We'll chat about things we liked, uh, thoughts we have going forward. Very laid back, chill, casual show. And of course, if you're in the chat, throw up those thoughts. If you agree with us, if you don't, if you have questions, and we will handle them as we see them. All right. Our recap, which of course will not be nearly as good as our very own Meg Dowell, who, as a reminder, every single Friday on Utini.com writes up a recap of the Bad Batch episode. So every Friday, if you need a recap, go over and check hers out. We begin with the Bad Batch having an issue. Uh, They need to scramble their ship's signature. It's a little too recognizable. Tech can do it, but he has to land the ship, so they land on the Clone Wars planet of Pantora. They pay off the guy in the Port Authority, but clearly not not well enough because he immediately calls Fennec Shand, who is hunting the bounty on Omega and goes to the planet. Hunter, Omega, and a disguised Echo as a droid go off, meanwhile, for supplies. And on their way through Pantora, they see the Empire's continued influence, including a parade hailing the new clone troopers turned Imperials. After they con a shop owner into buying Echo as a droid for 3,000 credits, Omega gets separated from Hunter, but gets saved from the streets by Fennec Shand, posing as a friend, before her true intentions as a bounty hunter are revealed by Hunter showing up, and an epic freaking knife fight, throwing shield blaster fight uh, happens. The Bad Batch then springs into action, including Echo, who brings an army of droids to help fix the ship as Hunter gets goes after Fennec and Omega. Wrecker finds Omega in the tunnels of the city, but it's efficiently dispatched by Fennec Shan pretty immediately. Hunter then chases Fennec Shan through the skies on a stolen speeder bike and eventually blows up her ship after she shoots a cop right in the chest and shakes her off. The Bad Batch gets back to their ship and escapes, and Fennec tells someone that, she, don't worry, she is still on the hunt for Omega. So, dudes, we got Fennec Shan back. Yeah. Absolutely Gotta, awesome. What did we think of this episode? Shand. 
Oh, do we? Are I we rating it, it? Are we rating it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We have to rate Ooh, yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Let's. Okay. Let's do a rating and initial thought. Charles, you first. One to ten, with a brief reason why. I'm gonna give this episode a seven point five. Um, highlights were definitely Fennec Shan coming back. Um, a couple mm-hmm. of things that that I'll get into. I felt like we were kind of retreading some old ground, and so I just I'm looking for some of the new stuff in this show that that really has me excited. Like with uh with the empire and with camino and none of that was quite in this episode so i'm still i'm waiting i'm gonna say 7.5 totally fair wes what say you i'm gonna go with a 7.0 um i love the uh like the aesthetic of the of the episode i like the planet itself with Mm -hmm. the like the neon lights kind of the cityscape uh views that we got um it wasn't yeah, like Charles said, we didn't get the uh, Camino stuff that we were kind of uh, leaning on the, the first couple episodes, um, but it did. It's it was it was sort of a setup episode, right? So we did get Finnick Shan back in, but mm-hmm. um, what is the overall like the overall goal that Finnick Shan is working mm-hmm. towards, other than just to steal <laughs> Omega and take her with her? You know, so that's yeah. I think it's kind of like a setup episode for the next couple episodes. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm going to give this probably an 8.2, which is like, I guess, an Eric 7.5 from Charles. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll own that. Uh, I, I really had a great time with it. I, I liked it better the second time. Honestly, I liked it a lot the first time. But the second time, I kind of got to really appreciate a little more the, I mean, one, just the, the animation of this episode of Pantora, the aesthetic, was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in animation. Honestly, like the 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 stones had moss on them and like the 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 place was very lived in and all these extra details that they would not have done in clone wars or even rebels honestly so Mm. i was really blown away by that and i really did dig fennec shand and realizing that she's not just going to be like a one-off episode character was really cool i'm really glad that she's probably going to be following them for a bit so we got like Fennec, fennec shand we got crosshair we probably have more baddies as the series goes on but I just really appreciated how kinetic it was. Uh, looking in the chat here, our very own Obi-Wan says the chase uh, gave him major Attack of the Clones vibes. And I'm like, yes, yeah. that is very early Attack of the Clones with Obi-Wan and Anakin going through after Zam Wessel. Really dug that. Uh, so going into some specifics, though, now that we have our, our ratings done, we've done our duty. A couple things. <laughs> I So I mentioned the animation already and the design in this episode. Particularly, I thought Echo is robot droid. Wow, droid. Oh, my God. A robot. This is a Star Wars podcast. There's no robots. <laughs> uh, I thought his droid design was freaking epic and rad. What did you guys think of like the animation in this one specifically? Because it was a lot more populated than some of the previous episodes we got. Yeah. Uh, like the one thing that I did notice, there was a lot of... Uh like humanoid species on that planet. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the species that has, that's they're blue and they have that's like the these yellow marks on their face. The yeah, okay. yeah. That's what so I think they, George Lucas played a, a Pantoran of- <laughs> in, in uh, one of the prequels. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I think so. Did he? Oh yeah, yeah that's true. Okay. So they're the best. <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> but we did. Yeah, we did get a, uh, we did get a callback from the, uh, the goat man. What is yeah. it? <laughs> so, yeah. The goatles. Hey, watch out! Yeah. Like, sorry, dude. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I did love the references with that, and then the the dog character, and then the, one of the droids were like straight out of resistance, from what I've heard, because I've not yeah. watched that whole show. But there were a, a lot of pack. Four yeah. pack. Thank it's called you. a four pack. Here you go. Yeah, oh, let me see this guy. Up, yeah. Pull this guy ah! up. 
<laughs> he looks nice. like a little, like a, you know, like a blob of like <laughs> vanilla tapioca pudding with chicken legs in there. And I thought it was much cuter <laughs> in the episode. That's not very appetizing. <laughs> it has, it has totally. six legs. It has the Vorpax have six legs. Well, interesting. I'll say the animation wise, I because I didn't touch on it. Uh, I agree with you guys. I thought it was unbelievable. I mean, the city was one of the best looking cities we've had ever that they were running yeah. through. Um, I th- I think I'm not positive. I only watched this episode once. I think the guy who uh, Hunter steals the speeder bike from is the same character model of the guy who got thrown out of his speeder by Fennec Shan later in the episode. I'm not positive. Oh, man. You'll have to <laughs> fact check me. Close. But I really Rough hope that it was. Family. Yeah, I really hope it was supposed to be the same guy, because um, that's hilarious. And uh, but yeah. no, I, I thought well, I thought totally everything dead now, Let's incredible. be clear. Oh, he's for he sure. Absolutely dead. He's super okay. dead. Okay. Um, I'm glad we're talking about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but but the Pantorans. <laughs> I just wanted to say this: seeing uh, a blue skin species like that, right? Like. For a, a heartbeat, because I've been reading, you know, Thrawn recently, uh, Greater Good. And for oh. a heartbeat, I was like, wait, is that a chist? And then I was like, wait, no, this is Pantora. But it, it got me oh excited. I was like, I would love to see, uh, I would love to see something animated with, with chist again, besides just Thrawn, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, man. So totally when, we were, cool. when we were going through that, uh, or when fin- they were going through that chase, I was counting all the people that Finnick Shan killed, like literally mm-hmm. killed on screen. So she... Uh, she killed the guy on the speeder that she was on top of that dump truck looking thing and just uh, threw his ass off of the speeder and yep. he fell to his death yep. or yep. he didn't. Mace he's not do. a Jedi. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> or he didn't. <laughs> and then, yeah, straight up murders that police officer with a shot to the chest. And then the other one dies from collateral damage. Yep. yep. So a total of three that we saw. Yeah. So Phoenix Shand is she's a baddie. <laughs> yeah. That's and look- all you got to say. Yeah, let's go right to her because she's obviously the the main part of this episode. We we wanted her since the trailers. We were very excited. Ming Na Wen, if any of y'all follow her on Twitter, is is so excited to be in Star Wars. Like her her profile picture is Fennec Shand. She retweets all this fan art. She loved this episode, so it's so cool to have her back um, from her time in the Mandalorian. W- were you guys a little? That, that's this would be a leading question, but I don't care. Were you a little <laughs> surprised by how? how bad she she was at that point like how much actual murder like we've been talking about how dark the bad batch has been with flamethrowing civilians and such things previously but i was kind of taken aback by the shot to the chest uh that fennec Mm. shan was like i'm kidnapping omega and we're having fun and i knock out wrecker and then i just brutally murder innocent civilians yeah i like how'd she hit you guys that it really struck me personally but I definitely see where you're coming from. I, you know, I was just trying to keep in mind, this is the Fennec Shan that we met in Mando in that first episode, right? When she's trying to kill our yeah, heroes, right? right? Like, right. Um, in, in sniper. It, exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of how I thought about it. I really loved, though, that Migna Wen is doing the voice. Any, like, little bits yeah. of connection you can get between the live action and the animation like that. I mean, she was immediately, that is Fennec Shan in my head, you know? Yep. Um, so that was, that was really cool. I love the character design also of her. Um, and I felt like, I felt like even though towards the end of the episode, she was very, um, action oriented, as we said, murdering people left and right. Um, early on when she was like kind of coaxing Omega, I got a real cool, like creepy vibe from her almost like, I don't know, like, uh, 
like the witch from Snow White or something, you know, like acting sweet. <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to help you find yeah. your family, find your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, just come with me. Come over to this gingerbread house that I built uh, <laughs> before I shove you in the oven. It was like that kind of a feeling, and I loved it. Dude, 100%. Blind Fates in the chat made a good point earlier that she has a very sneaky feline way of moving about. Yeah. And I totally mm-hmm. see that. And and I think that's that's in part to the animators of, of her, but also to Ming-Na Wen's vocal performance. Like, it is a very soothing tone. She, like, I totally get why Omega went with her. And Omega was also very interesting in this episode with her because we're watching this. And the way it's shot, the way it's written, we're like, okay, even if we didn't know who Fennec Shand was... We'd be like, okay, bad guy, stranger danger, don't do this. But Omega's <laughs> sure. never been off planet. You know, she's never met a person that wished her harm until like Crosshair and until like that. Yeah. You know, the Kaminoans have always just been nice to her, and everyone has wanted the best for her. So mm-hmm. when she's like, hey, here's this, here's this fruit that we got. I'll help you find your friends. And she's like, oh, you can come travel the galaxy with us. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, she's naive, but in a totally realistic way, you know? Right. Yeah. She hasn't learned, right? She's, yeah. I mean, See, she's naive in that way, like you said. Yeah, yeah. That's like, so some of, some stuff in Star Wars, I feel like, uses that and it didn't land as well with me. Like, I've watched a bit of Resistance. I, I have not watched the entire show. And um, it it bothered me. And now I'm blanking. What's the main character's name? I'm blanking. Kaz. 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 It, it, Kaz. it bothered me when I watched the show, the show personally that he seemed to be like too goofy. Like, oops, like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And now look He's what's like happened. He's like from and, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. 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 And, it, and, it, and it didn't play well because he's like a normal person that's lived in the galaxy, right? Like, yeah, he was going to do something new, but it didn't play as well as me for that reason. But it plays better with Omega for exactly the reason you're saying. Like, she came from this super sheltered life on Kamino, surrounded by clones. Like, she has no idea what's going on. She has no reason not to trust people. Um, Right. So that's... It actually is working better for me in this scenario. But I I do hope that we see her wising up, though. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like... This is the first part in the timeline star wars timeline that phoenix shan has showed up right or is, it, is she earlier like in uh yeah comics i think so or something? For us, so yeah well that's the thing i'm like I, I made a note here she's now in mando bad batch she's gonna be in the book of boba fett she's like the new saw yeah. Guerrera, essentially yeah. i think we're gonna see her in everything so she has to so she has to have that that uh that point where she comes to like redeem herself right so right now she's bounty hunter kills people Killing people, learning, killing, learning, killing, learning, and into the Mando part. And she's just like, maybe I should help for good, and then crosses that line. And then oh, yeah, that is not killing this, so much as in helping. That is Star Wars to a T. Killing, learning, killing, learning, killing, learning, killing, learning. Celebration! Like, that's, that's the arc of everything. I love that. And I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how she incorporates with the crew, which leads me to my next question to you guys. Who do you think hired her i mean like the given that it's omega is on the hologram it makes the most sense to me that it's the kaminoans because they are kind of the only ones that we think know about her but could it be someone else Hmm. oh man see i never i didn't even think of the kaminoans whenever she was i I was um (laughs) i was thinking more along the lines of like uh one of the crime syndicates just because yeah okay she, uh, keep so going we could try to get them involved in some way and yeah! then let's follow this where, this where this leads us <laughs> come on and then we maybe get a we maybe get a uh 
a uh, a Darth Maul. Uh, no, not Darth Maul, but um, do we get a uh, a Jabba the Hutt reference? Do we get any of the Huts showing up? Ooh, sure. Like, mm-hmm. Making the you- call or one of their. One of yeah. their lackeys making the call for them. I don't know. Yeah. But who, like, who is she talking? I replayed that two or three times, and I was just like, is there some clue here where she's, oh. like, looking out and some star sparkles and, like, it's, yeah. like, Tatooine or something, but <laughs> nothing. Always, I swear to God, if they go to Tatooine. <laughs> like, no, everyone's I, trying to go back to Jakku? No, everyone's trying to go to Tatooine, my guy. Like, <laughs> I think um, when I watched the episode, I actually kind of initially assumed it was Tarkin. And now that you say Ooh. that, we don't really know how much he knows about Omega. Um, but I assume right. that he's kind of like auditing this Kaminoan uh, cloning process. Like, mm-hmm. I assume he may have come across some files about Omega. We still don't really technically know that much about her either um but clearly she's she's special um yeah and and so i was thinking tarkin maybe but it would be pretty interesting if we see the Owens treating her as more you know we've, we've seen them almost have sort of a loving relationship with her or they seem to yeah, care for her for very sure. much but maybe they are looking at her as like stolen property right now because they are creating this clone force and they do talk about them in terms of units and all this kind of stuff, right? right? So they may actually be okay with sending someone like Fennec Shan after her. Yeah, because we did talk last episode, I think, about, you know, who are when they when they had the shot of the Kaminoans looking at the empty lunch table, because they're like the only way to stay ahead of the game is to clone the advanced clones, right? To make a better fighting force. And we thought, okay, it's the maybe the whole Bad Batch. But I think if it does turn out to be the Kaminoans or Tarkin or someone on that level, then it means o- Omega is that, you know, what a patient zero or whatever it is for this next evolution of clone, this next evolution of soldier. Right. And I think that's interesting because clearly Fennec wasn't trying to harm her. Like, even though she was right. manipulating her, she clearly had orders to bring her in alive, whatever that may be. So I think that'll be interesting to see how Fennec follows them throughout the galaxy going forward for sure. But I also had a moment uh, that I actually thought of as I watched uh, Alex Damon's review on this episode over at Star Wars Explained, which are always fantastic and bring up a lot of things I don't think about. He's talking about how Omega's naivete allowed her to be kind of swayed by Fennec Shand and made a lot of sense. But the Bad Batch also kind of showed their naivete in this episode because they've never really lived life outside of the military before. They've never had to know where food is coming from. They never had to make plans. Like I really mm. I really loved the moment when they were trying to bribe the guy and they didn't know how to bribe him. He's like, yeah. "Okay, I can look the other way." And Wrecker's like, "Great. Thanks. That was easy." <laughs> He's like, "No, no, you got to give me money." And text like, "I how how much does a bribe cost?" Like I really like watching them learn about life outside of missions, you know? Mm -hmm. I also appreciate how they um, detailed Solistan's male-powdered baldness. That was pretty cool. (laughs) Is that the first Solistan we've seen with hair? Maybe, yeah. I really can't think of another one. I feel like there was one. And he spoke basic. (laughs) Maybe there was one now didn't speak basic. No, no. Or or he was too lazy to. There you go. I feel like there was one... In a comic or something? Because I'm now oh, imagining yeah, a uh, Celestine with dreads. That's a woman. I don't remember who it was. In the chat, if you know who I'm talking about, let us know. <laughs> but I did like that, too. Like, And this was a fun episode, now that you mentioned that. you know, We got Celestines. We got Pantorans. Like, we're getting a lot of species yeah. in this, which yeah. I think is fun. And I wonder if as the Empire 
gets more and more prominent if we're going to start seeing less and less of that as we know the empire is like pretty xenophobic and pretty racist so i wonder if we're going to start getting a little more human depending on what planets they go to mm-hmm. you know it was, it was kind of crazy how they showed it again how all the citizens were cheering for the empire they were like yeah, yeah take all my money and tattoo me a and make sure that I'm in the Empire and they yep. and they give me my chain code and all that. And they're just like they're really hammering that in, like how yeah. the citizens are all buying into this Empire, and it's really only the Bad Batch and Omega that are kind of on that other side that yeah. are against they're starting the what quote unquote rebellion. Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's the reality of the war being over. You know, I mean mm-hmm. the Clone Wars are such a galactic spanning war you know and it's i mean i the closest thing i think we can get to in scale this is a stretch and Corey would yell at me if he were on this show is like the end of world war ii right is that even though there were so many atrocities still going on and the world was far from perfect the relief that you don't have to think about this overarching conflict every single day is just so palpable that in in the aftermath of this giant galactic war all the normal citizens are like oh Oh, I have to change my money? Yeah, whatever. Fine. No one's going to come to my planet and shoot me, right? Like, I don't have to be afraid of separatists. You yeah. know? It is, it's is—it's what makes Palpatine's plan so brilliant that yeah. unless you're on the inside, you just think it's peacetime. Right. Yeah. The Empire right. has all these stands that are like, hey, come convert your currency into Bitcoin. That's that's been interesting to see that on all the dude. I heard it was a bad crypto day today. By the way, I, uh, do you really? guys do crypto? I don't, I don't do crypto. I, don't do crypto. <laughs> I will never do crypto. I'm I'm amazed Corey has not gotten into crypto yet. I've uh, I got disgusted knows? whenever I saw this the lots and uh and the pallets of graphics cards that these miners will purchase to do the cryptocurrency and they ruin it for us gamers. Yeah, all of y'all, you ruin it. You're made. <laughs> Listen up. Hey. We just want one. <laughs> we want one of your 2,000 graphics cards that you use in your one house that you lease just to mine for currency. But give whatever. us a 3070. Come on. You're, you're <laughs> destroying the environment. You're taking away gamer parts. So you deserve the fact that it tanked today. Anyway, that, it, on another note, sorry, is, anyone else, about that. is anyone else triggered now every time they hear the word citizen in something Star Wars? Yes! Because, okay, y'all had this experience too then. Because it was the, down in word. It was the like uh, Pantor police force, I think. Was, or were yes, they, maybe there were some clones. I can't remember, but citizen. yeah. Yeah, they were running after uh, running after Rambo, a.k.a. Hunter, and they are like, stop, citizen. And uh, yeah, I was very triggered. Yo, man, if you're going to call someone citizen, maybe you deserve to get shot through the chest. You know, I'm just saying that's that's a that's a rough go. Uh, but yeah, I, I God, and, and then it's funny because all this stuff kind of happens in the beginning and then literally half the episode, I think by time, is this giant chase. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. for for a show that has been a lot about the emotional evolution of these characters and kind of where they're going. I really think this might have been the most action-packed episode yet, even though I think it's deceptive in that way because it doesn't involve a big shootout. It doesn't involve a bunch of stormtroopers. It's literally Fennec and them going through the levels of the city, which I think going back to Obi-Wan's original, in the chat's original comment, is that it it really is, I think, the most akin to Attack of the Clones Mm -hmm. where the rest of the traffic doesn't know what's going on. They're not like aggro after everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a fun chase, and I think, like we were talking about a couple episodes ago, the fact that this season is so long with the Bad Batch, like it's 16 episodes, I think that's really allowing them to try these. Like, not every episode has to be 
about who's Omega, what's the secret, what's going on. It can be, hey, let's bring in this awesome character and have a baller chase scene with a ton of great animation. Yeah. yeah. And they showed how uh, how Finnick used her wits um, when yeah. she was fighting. So she was somewhat overpowered by uh, by Rambo. Like with both her arms being held down, and yep. then she he, he just got head butted to the face because he didn't he didn't take into account that she was going to use her helmet to slam and slam yeah. into his forehead. Yeah. So uh, that I I appreciated that that uh, level of detail in a fight scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean in that moment where he throws the knife, she catches it in the shield, and as she drops the shield, grabs the knife out of it, and then it t- like the choreography in this stuff is like straight out of Winter Soldier. I mean, that was incredible stuff. I really thought the moment also, even though it was short-lived, of Wrecker and her in that tunnel underground, Mm -hmm. that was an incredible moment. Just kind of seeing them walk towards each other. Um, Yeah. Size up. I I really wanted that to be a a pretty knockdown, drag-out battle. And it's not what happened. Record got dispatched pretty immediately, but um, <laughs> but it was still it was really cool. I I loved yeah. seeing her match up with various members of the Bad Batch one on one to see you yeah. know kind of how how things shake out and how people stack up. Totally. Uh, so I want to hit one more thing here on this episode, and that is Echo's role in this episode because Echo had a very interesting moment. I still think he's maybe one, maybe my most intriguing member of the Bad Batch because we're still dealing with his history of him being in the 501st obviously and him going through everything he did and this episode he does disguise himself as a droid works very well I loved his little moment of being like I'm the supervisor and he has his little like he can get off the the restraining bolts all works great do you guys think there was anything in Echo's mind about being like the distraction or, or being so easily uh, mistaken for a droid because like i feel like he's always on the cusp of being a little dehumanized mm-hmm. and do you think mm-hmm. we're gonna get any repercussions of that oh, wow that's a good question yeah i don't think i yeah, expect they're... it um i don't think i expect it but it definitely kind of i felt a little uh twinge in my gut whenever they were like oh yeah just pretend to be a robot because you have a screwdriver hand i was just like oh ouch <laughs> like yeah dude he has a prosthetic because he got a destroyed you blew him up yeah like, yeah this was half your fault now yeah um, yeah i was gonna say that i mean when he he got sold for three thousand he wanted he wanted well he probably wanted ten thousand but yeah. <laughs> like, what's my price <laughs> but you know? it was like four thousand um but uh yeah the scene where he he clipped off everybody's um everybody's restraining bolt and then that one droid that was there, that little squatty droid with the legs and the arms. Yeah, did you, did you? I think it was a click. I I wrote down kink. I thought his I name was kink. Clink. <laughs> it's something like that. He was but great. Was, I loved him. That was the first time I've seen a droid like that. So I thought that was funny. And then I saw one that vaguely resembled R two. I was like, how did R two get into this episode? He's in everything. <laughs> but it wasn't him. Oh, interesting. Uh, hey, what's bring this up on Wikipedia? Blind Fates just put up that. His droid design looked kind of like um, Tam Pulsa from Afra in Rogue One, which I just uh, I just looked it up on the Wook. I can totally see that a little bit. Um, it's a good design. I mean, I again, I think this was the oh, designs. Yeah. That, yeah, right. Throw that up on the yeah, screen if you get a shot. Yeah, because this is I can totally see that. Mm. Yeah. 
Like the, I mean, cool helmets. Echo is king of cool helmets in this show, to be clear. Um, but I could totally see that looking like Echo's design. For sure. And I wonder how many, like, is he going to be the disguise master? Is this going to happen a couple times? You know? As, as we go on, because, hey, every new every new costume means that they can sell new Black Series or a Funko. So I tell you, I ask, why not? I mean, that's a that's a great strategy to have. You have a kind of chameleon type person on your team yeah. that can take the shape of whether it be a droid. Because you see throughout Star Wars that droids are they're more, I guess, accepted as being or like say part of the empire like in Rogue One when uh mm-hmm. when K2SO just like marches him through the city and says these are my prisoners kind of thing so he could he could be a distraction well and through, he uh, could like, slide into places easily right i mean that was like how mm-hmm. C3PO yeah. had a network of of spies right because no one thinks about the droid in the room so yep ooh another one brings up another point about Wrecker here um you know last episode we talked about his headache with maybe his chip going on And he said maybe his chip got a little activated, and maybe that's why Fennec downed him so easily in their fight, because he's not really at his best. The chip is trying to overtake some stuff. Maybe. Oh, I like like that. He got dome shotted (laughs) again because he got thrown headfirst into the tunnel wall. So poor dude's face. I I mean, I'm more of I think it's more of (laughs) Fennec's skill seeing like, you know, bigger they are, harder they fall. But. I do yeah. think in the next couple episodes, we're going to get a reckoning. Uh, <laughs> oh. I didn't mean that. Didn't even try it, huh? I didn't even try it. <laughs> oh, we're going to reckoning of, of our boy with the chip. I, I mean, we. I think that we we stayed away from, uh, earlier in the chat, I saw we missed Tarkin and the Kaminoans in this one. I did as well, but I think that means next episode, we'll get back onto where they are for sure. Mm. But, I mean, this, this show is doing a really cool job of, like, a planned in an episode. And there's so many, which, gosh, these designers are like, can we just stay in the same environment for two episodes, please? <laughs> but it's working great. I'm I'm yeah. so impressed. And I truly, even though we said it last week, I don't know where we're going. I don't know yeah. what's next. And that's kind of fun. What are we only like a, a fourth or a fifth of the way through? So we still have yeah, quite a few more episodes. Yeah, we got quite a few episodes to get through. So they can't. Yeah. You know, they can't give us everything all in one episode. They kind of, like I said earlier, it's kind of build it up so we can, you know, make sure we stay up at 2 a.m. to watch the episode so we can talk about it six hours later. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The Yep. Yep. And we're going to do it because we love it. (laughs) Uh, But on that, any uh, any final thoughts from you guys on this episode? Um, Okay. It seems like we all had a lot of it was fun. We love the chase. We love the ideas. Mm -hmm. Fennec is great. So start to get more of her. The speculation on who she was talking to at the end, that was perfect. That's probably reeled everybody in and got everybody talking, too. And so they could tell their friends, like, hey, check out episode four. So you tell me what you think about who she's actually really talking to. Who Do you think it's Kaminoans? Do you think it's somebody completely different? Do you think it's the crime syndicate? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that makes me so glad that they are releasing this in the episodic format. I know that Disney Mm -hmm. Plus has, like, discovered the you know, release schedule of TV for the last 50 years. Like, oh my gosh, if we do it weekly, people will talk about it. We don't have to binge everything. But I think things like this really work on that. Uh, Charles, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I want more Fennec Shan. I want more uh, Cameron Owens. I want more Tarkin. And I'm sure that all of that is coming here soon. And, and you know, we keep in mind, because 
we talk about each episode in depth and we're like, oh yeah, I mean, this one's like a 7.5 or whatever. Like it wasn't as good as the the opening episode for me. That's like what's supposed to happen. Like, you know, if you have yeah, more than four show, episodes, man. like there's going to be, we got to explore some side territory or else, you know, we'll be 10 episodes in and we'll be like, what else is there to explore on this one topic? So, I mean, we, this is how things are supposed to go. It's okay to have some episodes you don't love as much. We know that Disney knows what they're doing in terms of when we're winding down a season, right? From watching Clone yeah. Wars and from watching uh, the first two seasons of Mando. So we got some good TV coming our way. Absolutely. I just rewatched, I, I finished my rewatch of Breaking Bad last week and oh. Not every show can be the fifth season of Breaking Bad where everything is just 10 out of 10 and tension and story. It's exhausting. It's amazing, but you can't (laughs) do that every show. You just just can't. So I'm also very excited to see where we go. I'm I'm loving the evolution of the crew with Omega. I'm glad it's still different than Mando. It's not just a Mando Grogu situation. I love Fennec, and I hope that we keep getting more more people in. I love the references, but man... Again, hats off to these animators and choreographers and D. Bradley Baker, absolute king. I'm glad you got a couple characters you didn't have to do this episode because you needed a vocal <laughs> break. Oh, man. But on that, everyone, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Keep your eyes out for our next hunt next week when we'll be diving into episode five of The Bad Batch. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Stander on our Jedi High Council. And Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. Go ahead and keep telling us all your thoughts about the Bad Batch in our Discord community at utine.com slash Discord using those spoiler tags. And be sure to follow the main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and all of us individually for our latest thoughts about all things Star Wars. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at C. Hankel. Wes is at Boss West. And Corey, if he shows up, is at Doc Star Wars MD. We'll see you tomorrow on The Living Force for the reveal of our Dark Side Draft and our Lightsabers episode. But until next time, may the Force be with you. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.